0: book three chapters three and four of ten books on architecture this librivox recording is in the public domain recording by frederick Carlson. ten books on architecture by vitruvius translated by Morris hickey morgan chapter three the proportions of intercolumnations and of columns one there are five classes of temples designated as follows Pycnostyle, with the columns close together, systyle, with the intercolumniations a little wider, diastyle, more open still, areostyle, farther apart than they ought to be, Evstyle with the intervals apportioned just right. 2. The pycnostyle is a temple in an intercolumniation of which the thickness of a column and a half can be inserted. For example, the temple of the divine Caesar, that of Venus in Caesar's forum, and others constructed like them. The systyle is a temple in which the thickness of the two columns can be placed in an intercolumniation, and in which the plinths of the bases are equivalent to the distance between the two plinths. For example, the temple of equestrian fortune near the stone theatre, and the others which are constructed on the same principles. Three. These two kinds have practical disadvantages. When the matrons mount the steps for public prayer or thanksgiving, they cannot pass through the intercolumniations with their arms about one another, but must form single file. Then again, the effect of the folding doors is thrust out of sight by the crowding of the columns, and likewise the statues are thrown into shadow. The narrow space interferes also with walks round the temple. The construction will be diastyle when we can insert the thickness of the three columns into an intercolumniation, as in the case of the temple of Apollo and Diana. This arrangement involves the danger that the architraves may break on account of the great width of the intervals. In a we cannot employ stone or marble for the architraves, but must have a series of wooden beams laid upon the columns. And moreover, in appearance these temples are clumsy roofed, low, broad, and their pediments are adorned in the Tuscan fashion with statues of terracotta or gilt bronze. For example, near the Circus Maximus, the temple of Ceres and Pompeys, temple of Hercules, also the temple on the Capitol. Six. An account must now be given of the Evstyle, which is the most approved class, and is arranged on principles developed with a view to convenience, beauty, and strength. The intervals should be made as wide as the thickness of the two columns and a quarter, but the middle intercolumniations, one in front and the other in the rear, should be of the thickness of three columns. Thus built, the effect of the design will be beautiful, there will be no obstructions at the entrance, and the walk round the cellar will be dignified. 7. The rule of this arrangement may be set forth as follows. If a tetrastyle is to be built, let the width of the front, which shall have already been determined for the temple, be divided into eleven parts and a half, not including the substructures and the projections of the bases. If it is to be of six columns, into eighteen parts. If an octastyle is to be constructed, let the front be divided in twenty-four parts and a half, Then, whether the temple is to be tetrastyle, hexastyle or octastyle, let one of these parts be taken, and it will be the module. The thickness of the columns will be equal to one module. Each of the intercolumniations, except those in the middle, will measure two modules and a quarter. The middle intercolumniation in front and in rear will each measure three modules. The columns themselves will be nine modules and a half in height. As a result of this division, the intercolumniations and the heights of the columns will be in due proportion. 8. We have no example of this in Rome, but at Teos in Asia Minor there is one which is hexastyle dedicated to father Bacchus. These rules for symmetry were established by Hermogenes, who was also the first to devise the principle of the pseudodipteral octostyle he did so by dispensing with the inner rows of the thirty-eight columns which belonged to the symmetry of the dipteral temple and in this he made a saving in expense and labour he thus provided a much wider space for the walk round the cella between it and the columns and without detracting at all from the general effect of making one feel the loss of what had been really superfluous he preserved the dignity of the whole work by his new treatment of it Nine. For the idea of the pteroma and the arrangement of the columns round a temple were devised in order that the intercolumniation might give the imposing effect of high relief, and also, in case a multitude of people should be caught in a heavy shower and detained, that they might have in the temple and round the cella a wide free space in which to wait. These ideas are developed, as I have described in the dipteral arrangement of a temple, It appears, therefore, that Hermogenes produced results which exhibit much acute ingenuity, and that he left sources from which those who came after him could derive instructive principles. 10. In Areostyle temples, the columns should be constructed so that their thickness is one-eighth part of their height. In the diastyle, the height of a column should be measured off into eight and a half parts, and the thickness of the column fixed at one of these parts in the systyle. Let the height be divided into nine and a half parts, and one of these given to the thickness of the column in the picno style. The height should be divided into ten parts, and one of these used for the thickness of the column in the style temple let the height of the column be divided as in the style into nine and a half parts and let one part be taken for the thickness at the bottom of the shaft with these dimensions we shall be taking into account the proportions of the intercolumniation. 11. for the thickness of the shafts must be enlarged in proportion to the increase of the distance between the columns in the area style, for instance, if only a ninth or tenth part is given to the thickness, the column will look thin and mean, because the width of the intercolumniations is such that the air seems to eat away and diminish the thickness of such shafts. On the other hand, in styles, if an eighth part is given to the thickness, it will make the shaft look swollen and ungraceful, because the intercolumniations are so close to each other and so narrow. We must therefore follow the rules of symmetry required by each kind of building. Then, too, the columns at the corners should be made thicker than the others by a fiftieth of their own diameter, because they are sharply outlined by the unobstructed air round them, and seem to the beholder more slender than they are. Hence, we must counteract the ocular deception by an adjustment of proportions. 12. Moreover, the diminution in the top of a column at the necking seems to be regulated on the following principles. If a column is fifteen feet or under, let the thickness at the bottom be divided into six parts, and let five of those parts form the thickness at the top. If it is from fifteen feet to twenty feet, let the bottom of the shaft be divided into six and a half parts, and let five and a half of those parts be the upper thickness of the column. In a column of from 20 feet to 30 feet let the bottom of the shaft be divided into seven parts and let the diminished top measure six of these. A column of from 30 to 40 feet should be divided at the bottom into seven and a half parts and on the principle of diminution have six and a half of these at the top. Columns of from 40 to 50 should be divided into eight parts and diminished to seven of these at the top of the shaft under the capital. In the case of higher columns, let the diminution be determined proportionally on the same principles. 13. These proportionate enlargements are made in the thickness of columns on account of the different heights to which the eye has to climb, for the eye is always in search of beauty, and if we do not gratify its desire for pleasure by a proportionate enlargement in these measures, and thus make compensation for ocular deception, a clumsy and awkward appearance will be presented to the beholder. With regard to the enlargement made at the middle of columns, which among the Greeks is called entasis, at the end of the book a figure and calculation will be subjoined, showing how an agreeable and appropriate effect may be produced by it. Chapter 4 The Foundations and Substructures of Temples 1. The foundations of these works should be dug out of the solid ground, if it can be found, and carried down into solid ground as far as the magnitude of the work shall seem to require, and the whole substructure should be as solid as it can possibly be laid. Above ground, let walls be laid under the columns, thicker by one half than the columns are to be, so that the lower may be stronger than the higher. Hence they are called stereobates, for they take the load and the projections of the bases should not extend beyond this solid foundation. The wall thickness is similarly to be preserved above ground likewise, and the intervals between these walls should be vaulted over or filled with earth rammed down hard to keep the walls well apart. 2. If, however, solid ground cannot be found but the place proves to be nothing but a heap of loose earth to the very bottom or a marsh, Then it must be dug up and cleared out and set with piles made of charred alder or olive wood or oak, and these must be driven down by machinery, very closely together like bridge piles, and the intervals between them filled in with charcoal. and finally the foundations are to be laid on them in the most solid form of construction. The foundations having been brought up to the level, the stylobates are next to be put in place. 3. The columns are then to be distributed over the stylobates in the manner above described close together in the pycnostyle in the systyle diastyle or evstyle as they are described and arranged above in aria-style temples one is free to arrange them as far apart as one likes still in peripterals The columns should be so placed that there are twice as many intercolumniations on the sides as there are in front, for thus the length of the work will be twice its breadth. Those who make the number of columns double seem to be in error, because then the length seems to be one intercolumniation longer than it ought to be. 4. The steps in front must be arranged so that there always be an odd number of them. For thus the right foot, with which one mounts the first step, will also be the first to reach the level of the temple itself. The rise of such steps should, I think, be limited to not more than ten, nor less than nine inches, for then the ascent will not be difficult. The treads of the steps ought to be made not less than a foot and a half, and not more than two feet deep. If there are to be steps running all round the temple, they should be built of the same size. 5. But if a podium is to be built on three sides round the temple, it should be so constructed that it plinths, bases, dies, coronae, and cymatiomare appropriate to the actual stylobate which is to be under the bases of the columns. The level of the stylobate must be increased along the middle by the scamele impares, for if it is laid perfectly level it will look to the eye as though it were hollowed a little. At the end of the book a figure will be found, with a description showing how the scamele may be made to suit this purpose. End of Book 3, Chapter 4